everybody. This is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports, and alongside me is Corey Branson, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This past weekend, some of our Thunderbirds began their seasons with the soccer teams on the road to play Thompson Rivers to open Canada West play, while the golf teams headed down to Bellingham for their first tournament of the school year. We'll cover all of that to begin, and then we have a special interview in the second half of the show. As a couple days ago, Corey and I sat down with former member of the collective Nico Roselli to talk about his soon-to-be-published book. More on that later. But for now, let's look at some soccer. Jake, it feels like nature is healing. It's the <laughs> two of us back in the booth again. This is the best sign that I have that uh, the pandemic is on its way out because things feel normal again. <laughs> we do miss our fellow members of the Sports Collective, though. Uh, yes, let's talk soccer <laughs> on well, Friday. They're, they're, they're not dead, just to be clear. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we, we will be having uh, our good friend Mike Liu on the show next week, hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully Diana will be back on uh, soon as well. Yeah. Going to the soccer now. On Friday and Saturday, our T-Bird soccer teams had their first Canada West matches since November of 2019. The women's team got off to a very strong start, while the men stumbled a little bit out of the gate. For the women, though, they swept the Wolfpack in their two-game series, not conceding a goal in either match and winning fairly comfortably in both. The first match on Friday was a 2-0 win with both goals scored by Danielle Steer. Yeah, UBC absolutely dominated the second half of this game. It was a somewhat even first half, but then they outshot TRU 17-1 after halftime, and they scored both goals within about five minutes of each other. Yeah, overall, the Thunderbirds had 27 shots total, 13 on target. They forced 11 saves out of Wolfpack, Wolfpack goalkeeper Daniel Robertson. Pretty impressive, honestly. <laughs> Could have been 5 nothing, 6 nothing, something like that. Emily Moore, in the Thunderbirds goal, only had to make one save for UBC, though it was a big one as she tipped a shot onto the post late in the first half to keep the score nil-nil. And are you going to shout out Emily Moore again? As of a course I'm going to shout out Emily Moore, the pride of Esquimalt High School in Victoria, BC, best high school there is, even though it's ranked like 200th in the province or something like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. We're a diamond in the rough, and she's a fantastic goalkeeper for this team. Yeah, and I mean, that's you got to be able to count on your goalkeeper to make those big saves, even if you only have to make one or two in a game. And sometimes that might even be tougher if you go that long without having to do anything and then all of a sudden called into action there. Yeah, great work. The Thunderbirds then snagged another victory the next day with a 3-0 scoreline. Steer again scored two goals. The other was scored by Catalin Tolnai. And Steer has now actually passed the number of goals she scored in the regular season in all of 2019. She scored three in 2019, though she did did, uh, then score three in the postseason, including very clutch winners in the national semifinals and finals. But... Four goals in two games to start 2021. Yeah, that's a pretty good pace, I'd say. <laughs> if we can keep that up, I'm confident about our chances. <laughs> I mean, if you have someone scoring two goals every single game, you probably have a good chance of winning. Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, Thunderbirds again dominated the shot count in this one, outshooting TRU 27-6 to and 12-1 to in shots on target. That makes it a combined total of 54-13 to in total shots in the two matches and 25-2 to in terms of shots on target. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
There's there's not really much you can say after that. That's what we're about here at UBC. <laughs> we're back to our dominance. Yes, and a special shout out to Sofia Ferreira, a rookie fullback who made her first two appearances as a Thunderbird this past weekend. She played the full 90 minutes in both games and got an assist in both games. So oh. great start to her UBC career. Yeah, great for her. Uh, the Thunderbirds are currently ranked number two in the country in the first U Sports rankings this season behind Calgary, who are 3-0. and oh. The UBC men's soccer team, the favorite from the annual Canada West coaches poll this past week, started off with two draws, both won one this weekend against the Wolfpack. In the 26th minute in the first game, the Thunderbirds' Jackson Farmer scored off a Christopher Lee free kick, but TRU equalized in the 73rd minute and held on for the draw. As opposed to the women's team, or their game, the women's games, which had a lot of uh, different shots, even if they were mostly going in UBC's favor, the men's team, they did not have a lot of shots, really, in either either of their games, especially this first one. There were only four shots on target for the two teams combined, and they combined to commit 34 fouls. You know, this is when people from North America are like, oh, soccer is so boring. This is the kind of game (laughs) they're talking about. I kind of get it. I feel it. UBC did have 11 corners, uh, quite a large amount, but they just weren't able to make anything happen off of them, unfortunately. Uh, not, I mean, I guess they did score off a free, get, free kick, but otherwise not great capitalization on the set pieces. Yeah, the second match was perhaps actually more disappointing than the first, mainly because after rookie forward Sebastian Zikowski, do you approve of that pronunciation? Yeah, we'll let it slide. <laughs> it gave UBC the lead in the first half. It looked like they were about to get that first win of the season, but in the 90th minute, TRU scored to again take a point off of the Thunderbirds. Yeah, that's uh, that, that hurts. That's painful. Uh, it's also the first time the men's team has failed to win either of their first two matches of the season since 2009. Uh, the good news is that they at least didn't lose, uh, but expectations are definitely higher for this team. Yeah, that's a bit of a crazy stat right there. It's been over a decade since they got off to this slow of a start. But, I mean, this slow of a start, I guess, is relative terms for the for the UBC men's soccer team. It's just that they're usually so good to start the season. Yeah, again, this is the standard here at UBC. <laughs> Pick it up, boys. Yeah, the two draws mean that the men's side does drop a little in the national rankings compared to their preseason projection when they were right near the top, though they are still ranked number six this week, and it's Cape Breton who are currently number one. Maritimes showing out. All right. <laughs> Both uh, both the men's and women's teams have a bye this weekend, uh, and they will have their home openers on the 24th and 25th against our friends from up north, UNBC. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, those games are going to be around 5.30 and 7, I think, are the kickoff. So head out to that if you can. Support our Thunderbirds. That'll be the first conference play of any sport, I think, since the pandemic started that's happening here on campus. Yeah. So, some big games for our soccer teams. Can't wait. Um, We're going to talk about golf now a little bit. Uh, We're going to have a lot of, for the first time since, statements (laughs) in this episode and in lots of our future episodes as teams start playing again. So, for the first time since early March 2020, our men's and women's golf teams have played a Cascade Collegiate Conference event. Now, for them, it was definitely fantastic that the athletes last fall got to play in the BC Rivalry Series as a sort of makeup for the CCC Um, But this kind of action, conference action, is what our T-Birds have been craving, especially considering they still reign as dual defending champions from all the way back in 2019. They'll look to repeat their successes with vastly different rosters, 
as between both teams, only five athletes remain from the 2019-20 season. Those are Shania Romandaban, Michael Volk, Anjay Wiersba, and friends of the show, Esther Lee and Ethan DeGraff. Those title defenses began with hosting duties at the Sun Valley Golf Club in Bellingham on Monday, and the Thunderbirds saw no drop-off after the extended break, with each squad claiming team and individual honors in both events. The new kids are well on their way to proving Thunderbird class is permanent. Yeah, and as we joked about a little in the last show, Thunderbirds get to host a tournament, checks the fine print, it's in Bellingham, Washington. As we also talked about in the last show, great for the other teams in the CCC. They don't have to go through border crossing shenanigans right now. It's still difficult for them as it is for us. So probably good in this case. It's always been weird, though, in years past. Yeah. The women's tournament was did uh, was the UBC Gill more intercollegiate, getting that UBC brand name on the <laughs> event. And it was a landslide victory for the Thunderbirds who won the team competition by 30 strokes, finishing with a plus 41 total uh, score, which was way ahead of runners-up Oregon Tech. And every UBC athlete that competed individually finished in the tournament's top 10. Yeah, Emily Lee, not to be confused with Esther Lee, won her first individual Triple C title with an 8-over final score, one shot ahead of teammate Sonia Tang, whose second round plus two was the round of the day. Yeah, the veteran on the team, well, one of the two veterans on the team, Roman Deban, finished solo fifth at plus 13. Bo Brown tied for sixth with a score of plus 15. And Una Chu rounded out a very dominant showing as a collective for the Thunderbirds with a tied for eighth finish at plus 16. Yeah, it's definitely what you expect from the women's team. Uh, we talked about them being the CCC champions a couple years ago. They were also the entire NAIA champions a couple years ago. They were the Canada West champions. They just, they win a lot of things. So this is great. This is very dominant, but it is sort of, and pardon the phrase, par for the course for this <laughs> team. Uh, the, the buzzword of today, the standard at <laughs> UVC. <laughs> I like to think that uh, all the athletes listen to me and that I, or listen to us and that we establish, you know, how good they should be playing. It's not yes. the coaches. It's not the fans. <laughs> it's us sitting in this booth. Uh, on the men's side, competition at the UBC Thunderbirds Invitational was a bit tighter. A four-over team total was enough to claim victory, but by a much more reasonable margin of 10 strokes over the Warriors of Lewis Clark State. Yeah, the scores were definitely closer in the individual competition as well as DeGraff, another Thunderbird rookie, John Paul Callert, and Devin Caruso of Lewis Clark all finished tied at even par for the tournament, meaning that they needed to play an extra playoff to determine who would win individual honors, and it was the veteran DeGraff who came out on top, birdieing all three of the playoff holes to get that individual uh, title. As for the rest of the T-Birds, uh, Aiden Schumer finished one shot out of the playoff in solo fourth. Russell Howlett tied for sixth at plus three. And Volk was 17th at 16 over par. And next week, the Thunderbirds do get to play a tournament in BC once again. It's not in CCC play. It is at the University of Fraser Valley's Invitational at the Chilliwack Golf Club. And hopefully both teams can uh, keep up and start a winning streak to begin this season. That's what we're all hoping for. Now we're going to take a quick break for some ads and PSAs. And when we come back, we will have our interview with Nico Roselli.
Red Cat Records is an amazing artist-owned and operated record store. Shop from their diverse online music collection and get free shipping within Vancouver and the Lower Mainland with the purchase of two or more LPs. If you would like to further support them through the evolving COVID-19 crisis, you can do so by buying a gift card to use at a later date. Visit www.redcat.ca for more information. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Feeling lost in the lonely, meaningless cyberweb? Looking to connect with other users? Then plug in to a CITR collective. Meet users who are compatible with your interests and passions. CITR's mainframe offers nine unique collectives. News, arts, accessibility, sports, persons of color, indigenous, gender empowerment, LGBTQ2SIA+, and music affairs. CITR collectives are where you can make great radio, great friends, and avoid the abject loneliness of life in the cyber void. Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM. Next up is our interview with Nico. Due to current COVID restrictions here at CITR, we weren't able to bring him into the studio proper, so we pre-recorded the interview over Zoom. He is set to be a published author, and so we brought him back on the show to talk about his book. Here is our chat uh, with him. This is Jake McGrail of the CITR Sports Collective. Alongside me is Corey Branson, and we have a special guest here with us today. He's a former member of CITR Sports and the author of the soon-to-be-published book, The Best Years, Stories, and Advice from a Recent Grad. It's Nico Roselli. Welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Good to be back. It's been, uh, it's been a while. Um, man, just to hear your voices again and to be able to do this, this is, uh, this is fantastic. Brings me back to the good old days. Awesome to see you again, Nico. I echo Jake's sentiments. To start us off here, wondering if you could just give us a brief overview of what your book is about. Yeah, definitely. So first things first, we're maybe undergoing a bit of a title change. Um, publisher wants to maybe ca- use something that's a little more catchy, maybe captivates a bit of a younger audience. So we're working on that. The best years are still in the running, but it may change. Just a heads up. The book is kind of about, well, just a little bit of backstory first. Back when March 2020 hit, you know, everybody was stuck at home and trying to figure out what exactly to do, what was going on. And I was no different. So I started to read a lot more, kept up with some of my online stuff, online classes. But I kind of began to reflect on my time at UBC. I was a student. I was an undergraduate student from 2014 all the way through to 2019. And I thought back about just how much I had changed in those five years all of the little habits and all of the little techniques and tips and tricks that I learned that ultimately made me a better person. And what I decided to do to help kill the time in those initial two weeks was I wrote them all down. And as I started writing slash journaling, they kind of kept on going and going and going to the point where I thought, hey, you know what, I have a lot of knowledge here that might help out 
somebody else down the road. So it sort of blossomed into a manuscript. And from there, I reached out to a bunch of different people and a local publishing company thought that while the original manuscript was not the best, needed a lot of work, a lot of tidying and organizing, that there was something there. They thought that um, if I was willing to work with them, that they'd be interested in publishing it. So, I mean, fast forward to now and we're getting ready to launch, hopefully pretty soon. Um, and it's just, it's surreal to think of myself as a soon to be published author. Was there a specific light bulb moment where it went from journaling for yourself to thinking, Hey, I might want to publish this if I can and see if there's other people who want to read this. Yeah. I'd say maybe I, I, when I originally started writing it out, I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that this could turn into a manuscript slash book. And then when I started actually writing out ideas and expanding upon them, and I saw the page count growing and growing, that's when it kind of cemented like, okay, this might be something. I might have something here. So yeah, it was, it was in the back of my head to begin with. And then, like I said, once the words, once the words kept on going and going and the pages kept on getting you know, longer and longer, that's when it sort of hit me that you know, this might, might blossom into a book. Were there some like challenges or unexpected obstacles that came in your way during the process of writing this book? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, without a doubt. I think the first one, the most obvious one is I realized, I actually wrote about this. Um, I realized that some of my best study habits, my best study techniques are to get work done in the morning, number one, and to head to campus. We're talking about UBC right now to head to campus and to go to uh, IKB was my favorite library. So get to campus, go to the library if I really wanted to get work done. And then if when I sort of did both of those things and I got to work early on in the day, it made, it made whatever needed to get done a lot easier, whether it be studying, whether it be uh, having to read a journal article, whether it be writing, right? Um, so not being able to actually attend UBC because you know there wasn't really anything going on those first two weeks, and having to do everything from my own desk setup, it was a bit of a challenge just because there's a lot of distractions at home. You know, I, I tend to think of, I, I like, I tend to think that my desk space is neat and tidy enough that if I really, if push comes to shove, I can, you know, grind it out here, but nothing compares to, to being in a nice, gorgeous library at UBC where there's no TV, no bed. So you kind of have to get to work. So that was challenge number one was, uh, you know, getting, getting everything done at home at the desk. Challenge number two was probably not having that sort of release after a long, hard day. Like thinking back to UBC, right? If there was a long day, um, long day of classes, you were on campus, it, was, it wasn't any trouble at all to go to the gallery, meet up with some friends, put a message in a group chat and grab a drink together, right? The fact that we were cut off from everyone and you couldn't really do that in those initial two weeks. That was another, another challenge. And then uh, there, I think if I had to pick one other thing that I didn't really foresee was the terminology. I never really thought about it, but when I was talking to my uh, you know, publishing team, editing team, I'm so used to writing political science papers and creative writing stories and uh, history papers, you know, academic formal language. So the fact that we're trying to, that this book is meant to be for um, first year, second years, high school students, for people around that sort of university undergraduate age, it's, it's almost 
beneficial to not use that formal language, that academic writing structure that I was so used to for five years. So toning down exactly what words I used, how I used them, my sentence structure, it was a bit of an uh, bit of an issue, bit of a challenge early on. But once I learned to adapt, to think of think like a first year student, to think like a grade twelve student, it became a bit better. And what was that like working with a publishing team, with an editing team? That adjustment from just doing this as your own solo project to all of a sudden having this feedback, these conversations, the back and forth with those people. Yeah, it was uh, something I've never ta- I've never sort of tackled before, but. I, I lucked out because both of my editors, Ed and Jessica, they were fantastic to work with, uh, super supportive, super understanding. My publisher, you know, willing to take a chance on a young man who had never once thought about publishing a book or getting a book published. Um, it, was, it was interesting because you got to get a bunch of creative minds together and we worked on so many different things and having everybody's opinions bounce, bouncing off, bouncing ideas off one another. It was great. Um, Joe, my publisher, she's had, she has so much experience with this sort of thing and any sort of question that I had, any concern that I had, she'd be, you know, very, very quick to first, first things first to calm me down and make, and tell me that it wasn't actually that big of an issue, but to, to work through it with me. So working with an entire team like that, like, you know, designers, editors, publishers, it was, it was an eye-opening experience because there's a lot more that goes into just getting a book published than I thought. Um, but yeah, like I said, I lucked out. Everybody's been so, so fantastic throughout this entire process. Um, so to Ed, Jess, Joe, Omar, uh, they'll probably listen to this at some point or another. Huge, huge thank you. It goes out to everyone. That's awesome. I also want to say I resonate so hard with your point on uh, trying to motivate yourself in your own space, right. uh, your own desk. Oh man. Uh, it was definitely difficult for me. So I can understand writing a book, how hard that can be if you're not, uh, able to leave your bedroom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I found online classes extremely difficult to focus sometimes, and I'm not trying to create as big of a project as you were trying to create at that time. And it, it was, it was enough for me dealing with a few classes, but I was, but you have this uh, whole big project you were working on. You know, what's funny is that one of the challenges that I had when I took online classes was um, I'm the type of person who likes to take notes on my laptop. So having to go back to notes by hand and then having to try to read my own handwriting after to study for an exam or quiz, that, that was a bit of a challenge. Uh, I don't think I've ever taken notes by hand since grade 12, since high school. So that was, uh, that was a fun experience. <laughs> Uh, you said sort of the main theme of your book is talking about how much you've changed over your time at UBC. Right. Um, you were a full-time member of CITR Sports uh, for just the one year, um, but what kind of impact did being a part of CITR in that final year have in terms of um, uh, affecting your character? Oh, it was, it was fantastic, first and foremost. Um, it greatly shaped who I, who I was for you know, the short time I was there. First of all, to Jacob, when he eventually hears this, he was the guy who got me introduced to CITR sports. So uh, when he told me that uh, they needed somebody to cover hockey and maybe touch on some baseball, I jumped at the chance. Huge thank you to Jacob when he eventually hears this. But uh, yeah, my time there, I joined CITR after I had completed my undergraduate degree. I was still taking um, a real estate course at my own pace at the time, but in 2019, when I joined up, I kind of already figured out 
what I needed to do in order to work best. So I understood that, you know, to make sure that all of my pregame notes were done properly to make sure that um, my interviews were the best that they could be. I had certain routines and things in place. When it comes to CITR, they just CITR made it that much better because once I had those routines in place, I could, you know, I could branch out and I could learn different techniques about interviewing, different techniques about how to speak into a mic, what a studio is like. I could learn from from you, from uh, from Jake, from Jacob, from everybody. So CITR almost emphasized those routines that I already had in place and made me a better person because I could learn different techniques. I could learn how to deal with different people, whether it be a coach, an athlete, a fellow CITR member. I could do that just that much better. So that one year at CITR, it, it went by really fast. And then I, it sort of sucks that, you know, there wasn't a little bit more to it, but um, or at least on my end, I wish I could have done it for two years, three years. But um, yeah, that, that one year was a lot of fun. I mean, even though I only did a couple of interviews here and there, but it's it was just it was fantastic like jake i don't know do you remember our uh women's hockey interview yeah yeah that, that was that was a lot of fun with uh tori and michaela right right uh, yeah that was fantastic watching sonic with with the gang <laughs> that was amazing um the ubc winter classic interview that i did with joe carvalho that was great uh keelan filowich i remember interviewing her post game all those like those are all first for me right so the fact that it was such an op open and uh, inviting environment where I can make some mistakes and I can make new friends along the way. It was just invaluable, invaluable experience. And I mean, it's unfortunate that your, your one year as the full-time member was unfortunately uh, cut short by the pandemic, but I mean, it indirectly led to this whole new experience of the book coming out as well. So there are mm -hmm. some positives uh, to be had from that. And uh, one thing I want to ask was, do you have a personal favorite section of the book or, or is that like asking a parent to choose which one of their kids is their favorite? <laughs> Ooh, um, there's a few in there. I think the reflections section, like at the, right at the very end where I sort of reminisce on my time at UBC. One of the things uh, that I talk about is because the main central theme about the book was I used UBC kind of as a, as a tool or a, a vehicle for self-improvement. And, you know, I, I started to prioritize things like mental health, social health, physical health, um, you know, wellness is sort of how it relates to me. I did that while I, while I was at UBC, but I didn't really do it as much in high school. So that transition and how I improved in all of those areas throughout my time at UBC was, uh, it was really important to me. And so in, in the reflection section, what I talk about is how I was ready to, you know, be done with high school to uh, take on a new chapter of my life in first year but by the time i ended in ubc it was the exact opposite um by the time i ended at ubc i didn't really want to graduate just because i i loved who i'd become i loved that i knew what i was doing in terms of scheduling and studying and uh, making myself presentable and being self-confident so i think you know tying out tying up the book like that saying that i really valued my time uh, as a ubc student and that when it was time to graduate it kind of hit me like oh my god this is it i'm done um I don't know if I really want to be done yet. Uh, that that's probably one of the best best uh, sections of the book, along with where I talk about my own personal fashion choices. I kind of I tend to put on outfits now as opposed to Adidas track pants and a Nike T-shirt. <laughs> very very valuable advice, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Well, Corey, you know everything about there is to know about fashion. You're you I do. Some, Thank you for remembering. You were rocking some cool sweaters back in the day. <laughs> 
All righty, Nico. Uh, over these last 15 minutes, I'm sure you've sold plenty of people on this book. So for our listening audience, when mm. is it coming out and how will it be made available? We are going to try to get the full launch, uh, the full launch of the book coming in the next month or so. There's been a couple of setbacks along the way. We just have to make sure that um, everything is everything is okay with our publisher, with our editors. We just have a couple of different opinions going on right now about what's included, what not to include. So advanced reader copies to everybody on my launch team. I think Jake McGrail agreed to be on there, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, advanced reader copies are going to go out hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Um, the full launch of the book, I'm probably going to update on my Instagram account because that's where I do all my bookstore stuff. But that might be in the next month to two months thereabouts. And then once that's all said and done, uh, I'll provide further details, you know, via the Instagram page where you can check out the ebook, where you can check out the actual physical copy, you know, chapters indigo, that sort of thing. What's uh, your Instagram handle? It's, I had to switch it up. It used to, used to be uh, something a little more fun, but now it's just underscore Nico Roselli underscore. Uh, so it's just my name underscores on both sides. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to add? Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me back on the show because it's great to see, see everybody again. And um, best of luck to all UBC teams. I covered men's and women's hockey back when I was there. So best of luck to them. To the baseball team, I did a few, uh, few segments with... Uh, <laughs> covering some baseball-related items. Best of luck to them. But um, And obviously, to everybody at CITR, whatever the future holds, you guys, everybody there is going to have great success because everybody that's a part of that collective, amazing people. Well, thank you again, Nico, for coming back on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with the release of your book. Cheers. Thank you so much. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. Thank you again, Nico. It was a great interview and good luck with the book launch. Just quickly here before we head out, a review of what's coming up for the Thunderbirds this week. Soccer team is playing an exhibition against SFU tomorrow. Men's hockey, an exhibition against SFU the day after. Women's hockey, the day after that, an exhibition against the Pacific Steelers. On Sunday, the women's rugby team is playing UVic. That's not an exhibition, that's a real game. While the softball team is playing SFU in exhibition matches. And then Monday, Tuesday, the golf teams in Chilliwack, as we talked about. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is The Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail and Corey Branson with contributions from Diana Hong. Thank you to Nico Roselli for coming back on the show. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.